lay in the grass on like a okay. blanket. Yeah. And look at the sky. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. So nice. One of my top faves. I know. I feel do. like life is so magical when you do that. Mm-hmm. For sure. For sure. Um, speaking of magical things, welcome to our podcast. Oh, yeah. And this is brought to you by The Letter with Carly and Kelsey. I'm Carly. And I'm Kelsey. So we talk about all stuff. A and to things. Z. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's it. Yep. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's the pod. copyright it. Ship it. Let's we, go. I know I'm doing a behind the scenes moment. Dun, 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 dun. We always forget to record that bit. So I purposely put it in my brain. I was like, whatever Kelsey says, I'm going to somehow say, speaking of whatever, and then make sure we introduce our podcast because we always forget to I just think, introduce it. I just think I want people to know us by voice. Like, I just want them to be like, oh, now I know what podcast I'm listening mm. to. Speaking of voice, uh-huh. two of my coworkers texted me mm-hmm. and said that we sound exactly the I was, same. I was about, I was just about to say, I feel that our voices are very, very different, and I wonder if people think we sound the same. I was literally we apparently just about to sound say. the same. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I, I have a very yeah. <laughs> you're like. I don't think so. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I'm like, how dare they? Yeah, I couldn't be Carly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Couldn't be Kelsey. <laughs> wow. You haven't even gotten to 10 minutes of recording yet. You already went there, man. I love it. I love it. I mean, you like started hot recording. I was like, we're going you were like, in. Dance, monkey, dance. Dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> I'm in a mood. It's a I'm, mood. It's a mood. It's Today is a vibe. Is a vi- it's a vibe. It's a mood. It's an atmosphere. So uh, sink in. To your your butts and get ready. But first, I have a correction Ooh. from a while ago from our first episode. Area fifty one. What'd you do? I pronounced was it not Joseph. It was Nangala? a pronunci- Oh <laughs> no, it was a pronunciation error. So it's not Bob Lazar. It's Bob Lazar. So I deeply apologize. You know what? I unapologize for her. <laughs> he deserves it. Yeah. He deserves to be Bob Lazar. Lazar. Yeah, it's Lazar, so, you know, whatever. But, uh... All right. Anyways, yeah, that was our correction. <laughs> so, thank you. Wow. To my boyfriend for pointing that out to me. So, his pr- His name is probably Bob. 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 But that oh, extra... Bobby. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm better at actually mimicking a singer's voice than a speaking voice. Mm-hmm. But I'm not great at singing to begin with, so I feel like for some reason it's easier to like emulate a singer's voice because sometimes the things are so distinctive. Okay, this is the coolest thing ever. This woman mouth axe. I just showed Carly the video. It's the woman doing the voice of the character mm-hmm. of like a character of a movie, but then also doing the, the f- mouth and the facial of, expression, uh, the facial kind expressions of, yeah. of the character. It's so yeah, it was pretty it's, wild. It's crazy. You have to check it out. It is called. What is it called? What is this woman called? You mean what's her name? <laughs> Kelsey, no, are you an alien that's... I don't... I'm not posing as a human. No. Oh, all right. I kind of love that, What is though. this human called? It does not compute. These, that's a robot. We have you seen where they do the mouth moves? <laughs> <laughs> okay, she's on TikTok. So her name is Mare... Kel, M A R E underscore K E L L. Mayor Kel. Mayor Kel. 
I'm presenting this week, and we are at G. So Kelsey had some discussion of what she thought I was doing, and uh, I think she'll be surprised. Okay. And this is a little out of my comfort zone. I'm just letting you all know. Um, Let's just call it subject. We like to talk about how our podcast is, you know, if you forget everything you learned in school, well, listen to us, and you'll get a somewhat moderately accurate retelling of things you should have learned so this particular thing is in the subject of something that i wasn't very good at either so i bring to you gold mining brought to you by the letter g oh and my gosh you're doing gold mining well specifically the california gold rush <gasps> <laughs> so i say this is out of my comfort zone because history is not my strong suit it was it's very difficult and this is a part of american history it's very difficult for me, at least, to remember, like, dates, names, places, times, things that were happening, mm-hmm. yes. you know. So let's get started, shall we? <laughs> All right. So the gold rush. Let's begin. Brought to you by the letter. G. G, 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 G. So we got some names also in this ep. So Captain John Sutter, he was one of the very first ranchos in the Central Valley of California. He received a grant of 48,000 acres along the Sacramento River and soon began to build a fort. Wait, when was this? 1848 to be 1848. exact. 1848. <laughs> okay. So that gives me kind of a... Okay. Yes. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. So he needed help to build his empire, right? Uh-huh. And out of the dozens of men, he hired this one guy named James Marshall from good old Jersey. Jersey. Um, yeah, he was like many pioneers, Marshall was, and had traveled west on the Oregon Trail. Yes. He ended up in Oregon, was like, Oregon's too rainy. I don't want to go here. I want to go to California, which I just think is kind of funny. I've never been to Oregon. Here, here it's lovely. Basically, James Marshall continued from Oregon into California, and he happened upon the Captain Sutter's Fort and was immediately hired by the captain because he was super good with his hands and building shit. So... The two men partnered up and they together began to build a sawmill. They searched the foothills of California, of Northern California, for a good site and selected a small valley on the South Fork of the American River. So the area had lots of tall pine trees that were easily milled into lumber and the river nearby would be the power source of the mill. So while James Marshall was working on building the sawmill, he noticed several flakes of metal in the water and was like, holy shit, it's gold. But actually, this is what he said. <laughs> I have his actual words. I like the abbreviated brain, spark notes right? version. Yeah. <laughs> so he said, I went down as usual. And after shutting off the water from the race, I stepped into it near the lower end. And there upon the rock, about six inches beneath the surface of the water, I discovered the gold. Actually, I realized he's from Jersey, so I got it redo that and i collected the four or five pieces no i'm just (laughs) no do it do it do it do it (laughs) and went up to mr scott who was working at the carpenter's bench making the mill wheel and i put the pieces in my hand i said i found it i found Mm -hmm. it what is it inquired scott gold i answered oh no returned scott that can't be i replied positively i know it to be nothing else and boom, that's how the first ever gold in Northern California was found. <laughs> I love the accent. I, I know, love it, was, it. That was horrible. So they basically did a whole bunch of tests on the gold to make sure that it was authentic. And lo and behold, it was. This may be a dumb question, mm-hmm. but how do you test metals? There is a scratch test. 
I know. I remember. Th- okay, from school, I remember okay, this yeah, tell from me. science class because there's a scratch test for the hardness scale. Okay. There is. I know. I mean, I just know this from like <laughs> the cartoons, but you like bite it to see if it's oh, like yeah. soft. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. You bite- Every time they bite the coin. Yeah, it bends, right? Yeah, because it's pure gold. Because right. gold's softer than, like, well, other, like, metals that I think they sometimes, like, mix. Ow. Oh, my, yeah. I just got, like, a tinge in my teeth of Think of biting. all those prospectors' teeth, though. They're probably They're super, gnarly. I know, right? I wonder if they have, like, a little groove in their teeth, like, exactly where they Ooh. bite down on it. There's, like, probably. It fits. It fits. It's gold. Now we're kind of, like, pirate <laughs> prospectors. Wow. Maybe that's the kind of chaos that will be present upon our release into the world again. It could be. Could Dual be. costuming. I love it. That's great, actually. Pirate prospecting? That's amazing. That's chaotic. I mean, yeah, you're, for sure. <laughs> you're like, that's amazing. I'm saying that's the my actual worst thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Sorry. Captain Sutter... <laughs> He came up to the mill site and he like swore all of his employees to secrecy. He knew that if the word got out that they found a bunch of gold, all of his laborers and the fort would desert him. Of course, he tried to keep it secret. But as we all know, the secret quickly spread and triggered the gold rush as we know it. So that's how it started. In March of 1848, San Francisco newspaper publisher and merchant Samuel Brannan First confirmed all of these rumors, and since he was located in San Francisco, which was nearby where they first found the gold, he set up a store to sell gold prospecting supplies. He ran through the streets of San Francisco holding a vial of gold, shouting, Gold! Gold! Gold from the American River! So then, a few months later, in August of 1848, the New York Herald was the first East Coast newspaper to report on the discovery of gold. Later that year, President James K. Polk addressed Congress with these findings. This triggered a ton of people who were later referred to as the 49ers to move to California in search of the gold. There were 49 of them? <laughs> no. Oh. 49ers is termed... <laughs> 40. I think, I think I'm having an aneurysm like, as we're talking. 49ers <laughs> is named that way because they all got there in 1849. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, we just talked about I'm a little while ago. I'm literally the dumbest person on earth right now. <laughs> During this time, California was actually still technically part of Mexico and under American military occupation as a result of the Mexican-American War. The governing of the properties of land was, like, very unclear. Basically, the locals abided by, like, a mixture of, like, Mexican rules and American principles. And then, like, each kind of, like, little town had their own laws and stuff. So it was just very... It was truly the Wild West. I was going to say, this is why it's called the Wild West. Exactly. I, You know what? I never put two and two together like that. What? That it's, like... Things are developing and oh, like yeah. there's there's not really any rules yet. That's oh, yeah. why it's called the Wild West. Exactly. I didn't even think about that. Am I the only one that didn't think about it like that? I don't think so. I think there's probably other people who feel the same way. But the whole thing is, is we never really had to like, I think realizing, oh, like pioneering and stuff. They're like going out into uncharted wilderness, you know, nobody knows what's there. Yeah. So it's and we would never really have to ever 
consider doing I think, that in our lifetimes. I think I'm I mean? literally just grasping that concept. Like, wow, that's intense. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. Could you imagine doing no, that? No, it sounds awful. It sounds so horrible. Damn. Yeah. yeah. You know. Damn. That's... And I just want to quickly pop in here and say, the pioneers used to ride these babies for miles. Anyways, it's from SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> The 49ers believed that gold was basically free for the taking at the first part yeah, of this. Yeah, that's what I would yeah. think, too. There's no private property, no licensing fees, and no taxes. The original finders keepers. True. Oh, my God. Truly. Yeah. So up until now, San Francisco had been a tiny settlement before the gold rush. The population was about 1,000 people in 1848. And by the time 1850 rolled around, guess how many people lived there? I'm going to guess 10,000, Alex. <laughs> 25,000, Kelsey. Holy butts. I know. In two years, a town of 1,000 went to 25,000. That's, That's a certain percentage of increase. You know what I mean? A 25% increase if you would. Oh, no. <laughs> Way more than that. <laughs> a two. Is it a 250% increase? That could be correct. We never know. You we'll know never what? know, though. You know what's hard? <laughs> Math. <laughs> how do all these east coasters get to cali skateboards yep <laughs> <laughs> many of the 49ers faced hardship and death along the way some traveled by sea from the east coast a voyage around the tip of south america would take about four to five months and cover eighteen thousand nautical miles which is different than land miles wait that <laughs> wait are you serious yeah 18,000 nautical miles is equivalent to 21,000 miles or 33,000 kilometers. Why is that? I have no I have no idea. It's not it's not the podcast for nautical <laughs> answers cuz I can't tell you that. So, aboard these ships taking all of the 49ers over to California, the passengers could talk to each other, smoke, fish, and gamble, which was the most popular activity it was kind of ironic that they gambled a lot because the segregation between the wealth gaps of the people who were coming over mm -hmm. to do the mining was super prominent through the shifts and there were like different levels of travel that someone could pay for and they'd get more amenities more expensive ships would get you to california faster where the cheaper ones had longer routes so it's kind of interesting but huh the ships were oftentimes abandoned once they reached San Francisco, and many of the prospectors and merchants used them as warehouses for supplies and even took them apart and used parts of them as, like, housing and buildings and stuff. So a lot of San Francisco is made out of ships. Ships? Mm-hmm. That's that cool? so cool. Yeah. Wait, how did I not know this? This is amazing. That's why we're here. <laughs> That's why we're here. This is awesome. Yeah. I didn't know that. So while some uh, sailed, others took the route by land. Both modes of transportation had their downsides from shipwrecks to typhoid fever and <laughs> cholera. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's nothing funny about shipwrecks, Kelsey. It's estimated that approximately 90,000 people arrived in California in 1849. So there was 90,000 prospectors. That's crazy. <laughs> about, or er, 49ers. <laughs> so about... 50,000 to 60,000-ish were Americans, and the rest were from other countries. And by 1855, it is estimated at least 300,000 gold seekers, merchants, and other immigrants arrived to California from all over the world. I am such an idiot. I literally thought 
that only like the people starting from the East Coast went to the West yeah, Coast. Yeah, no, so many people. I didn't people. realize it was a race to the finish. For, for real, everyone wanted a piece of that sweet, sweet gold, man. So everybody knew about it. It wasn't mm-hmm. America's yet. The largest group uh, yeah. was the Americans, but there were tens of thousands of Mexicans, Chinese, Britons, Australians, French, and Latin Americans, as well as smaller groups of miners such as African Americans, Filipinos, Basques, and Turks. Dude, I'm loving this diversity, though. Well. Uh-oh. Did create a lot of problems. Specifically, several hundred Chinese immigrants arrived in California during this time. Chinese miners suffered and endured violent racism from white miners who aimed their frustrations at foreigners. By 1850, most of the easily mined gold had been collected. So miners tried to get the gold from more difficult locations. So, of course, these racists asked Americans passed a new California state legislature that made foreign miners like Latin Americans and Chinese to pay a $20 tax per month, which is about $610 in today's money for just just because they're foreigners. That's all. That's all. And this was only for the Asian immigrants? And Latin Americans. Like we were just saying, like it's the Wild West. They're making out their own rules. So this state government, they're like, oh, yeah, we look new tax. Mm. Pay us $20. That's so fucked. I know. A month. I know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this. Oh. Uh, I know. Wow. So. Wow. We can't. We can't. I hate this. Yeah. We can't talk about the gold rush without talking about this next part. So, additionally, the miners were driving out Native Americans out of their usual hunting, fishing, and foraging areas. In order to protect their homes, obviously, the Native Americans began to fight back. This provoked counterattacks, then by the americans on the native villages and since the native americans were outgunned they were slaughtered yeah oh my god the native americans who were able to escape the massacres were unable to survive sometimes without access to their food gathering areas and were starved to death wow. we have to talk about it i know we and it's yeah. horrible it's horrible wow. the bridge gold now i know why you were like a little bit like I, I picked a, I picked one. Yeah, for real. So, yeah, we never talk about what we're going to talk about ahead of time. Yeah. So I just kind of, like, don't really know what Carly's going to say. But, like, she was like, I picked a, I picked a one today. Yeah, and I was like, I oh, no. And now I know what you mean. Yeah. How so, ominous. <laughs> I know. The Bridge Gulch Massacre in 1852 occurred after a group of settlers attacked a band of Wintu Native Americans in response to the killing of a single American citizen. So this was a massacre spurred because a band of Wintu Native American Indians killed one person. After the killing of that single citizen, the sheriff led a group of men to track down the Native Americans, who the men then attacked and slaughtered. Only three children survived the massacre. (gasps) And just to add one horrifying note. Did any adults survive? Three children. That's it. That's it. Like, oh my. Uh, Ready? You're going to, this is really fucking horrible. Just to add one more horrifying final note, the Americans slaughtered a different band of Wintu Native Americans that had nothing to do with the death of that American citizen. Stop it. Nope. So, the number of killings of California Indians between 1846 and 1873 were estimated to be at least 9,400 to 16,000, resulting from more than 370 massacres 
Additionally, California was against holding up the 18 treaties signed between the tribal leaders and the American government and actually supported fucking death squads. The California government paid over $1 million in today's money towards the funding and operation of these death squad organizations. Peter Burnett, who was California's first ever governor, said that there are only two options towards these conflicts between the Native Americans and the Americans, that he either said extermination or removal. Okay, this is so fucked up. Yes, it really is. Why don't we talk about this? You know what? Great question. Because I definitely, definitely went over this at some point in high school, but it obviously didn't make like an impact on my brain. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I'm relearning all of this right now. I know. I know. That's that's what I'm like. Wow. Yeah. Yep. But I don't think they went into great detail like this. Or it was. I don't think so. Or you know what? Honestly, I feel like history, like our history is taught to just be like about memorizing and like a hundred percent. And it has nothing to do with the actual impact on the world and like where we are now. Because I think that's just I think that's a critique on the American education system as a whole. Yeah. hundred percent. It's we're not like a bunch of machines. Yeah. Like we're not just supposed to remember dates, times, places, things and and not remember like the impact of it. Oh, yeah. Because I I 100 percent agree with you because I think that my experience with history, whether it's American history, European history, whatever, I'm learning the facts to take a test to get a good grade. You know what I mean? My teacher is writing bullet points on the board that I'm copying right. into a notebook. Right. They change right. The, they change the focus from the actual shit that happened to just memorizing. Yep. Agreed. And what the fuck is that? I know. It's yeah. We need to clean up. Right. Let's go. Come on, Kelsey. Let's, let's fucking, fucking let's go. And pump. <laughs> I have a quote from that asshole governor. Great. I can't wait. I'm sure he'll redeem himself, right? A war of extermination will continue to be waged between the two races until the Indian race becomes extinct. It must be expected. While we cannot anticipate the result, but with painful regret, the inevitable destiny of the race is beyond the power and wisdom of man to avert. For Burnett, like many others you know that have came before him and came after him the genocide was part of god's plan he thought and it was necessary for them to continue to like build a fucking civilized government in california i got a piece of advice for the people who are doing things in the name of god it will never be to kill somebody (laughs) i can i can guarantee it yeah for real yeah you are on this earth to protect isn't one of the commandments like thou shall not kill or harm other people, uh, right? Do unto thy neighbor as... Or no, yeah. is that the golden rule? Maybe. I yes, that's the golden rule. Yeah. Thou shall not murder is like the sixth. All right. Well. The sixth. <laughs> I think that should be the first. Yeah. What's the first? I am the Lord thy God. Thou shall know, have no other gods before me. Well, God's being a little bossy. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Tone it down, man. Okay. They want to talk about gir- young girls being bossy. Let's oh, talk about God for a second. Yeah. He's being a little bossy. <laughs> you a little self-centered, don't you think? <laughs> the Act for the Government and Protection of Indians was passed in April 1850, which allowed settlers to capture and use Native people as bonded workers. It also prohibited Native people's testimonies against any settlers and also allowed 
for the adoption of native children by settlers, and they were often used for labor purposes. So, yes, it is ironic that this act was called for the government and protection of Indians, and yet that's what that act fucking... Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. you just told me it was the protection of Native nope. Americans, and I mean, that's like actually the opposite of yep. what it is. It's interesting that they would word it that way, mm-hmm. especially if they know that killing them is not a great thing for them. Right, but you know what? None of these methods are killing, so in their twisted up minds, they're like, oh, we're just going to like enslave them and put them to use. Like, that's better. You're bringing up some heavy shit right now. Yeah. I totally know what you're saying about yeah. going deep. Yep. Let's switch tones a bit. Definitely, thinking of the gold rush, you have to talk about that shit. It's absolutely horrible and continues to happen to this day. Yes. Alternatively, the gold rush also brought a super large population of men to California. <laughs> woo woo! Well, this set up. <laughs> this set up an experimental environment of lawlessness, which was separate from the norms of society. Therefore, conventional American gender roles came into question. Since there was not many women, some men began cross-dressing. They were so separate from, you know, the East Coast, their homes, whatever. Like, gender roles and gender norms started bending because there was not any, air quote, society to, like, hold them to the normal roles. The, like, mining towns and stuff would have dances, and that was a big time that people would be able to be themselves and they would denote themselves as a woman with like a piece of cloth like a handkerchief but it was there was nobody really there to judge them or tell them to stop you know what i mean interesting so although cross-dressing occurred most frequently with men dressing as women the reverse also happened many men were found out to be female-bodied often after death so (gasps) oh my goodness so women would dress up as a man and they would become a prospector because they wanted to get rich from the gold right one such miner named charlie parkhurst was labeled female at birth but he lived as a man most of his life so he was transgender he was only found out that he'd been assigned female at birth until after he died so charlie he lived and was a gold miner and nobody knew until after he passed away Pretty interesting. Wow. The miners and merchants of various genders and gendered appearances basically led to the shaping of the beginnings of San Francisco's prominent queer history. Right? What? I know. That's. I know. So flipping cool. So I did actually try to dig deeper into this specific uh, facet of the gold rush. And unfortunately, a lot of the people that wrote about this it's like in books and stuff that i couldn't access um, just from the internet but interesting you're trying to get into the secret print files (laughs) i know right well it is to note though that once obviously san francisco you know it is known today as like being a very like lgbtq plus you know culture there um it is to note just side note that once san francisco became more established then there was of course laws against this and like stuff right became because because we came and ruined the party exactly the fun party right we, we were all having a great time until uh y'all had to put some <laughs> government in it whoa is this a libertarian <laughs> podcast i'm so confused prospecting for gold was a very expensive enterprise many of the miners who traveled to california came with nothing but the clothes on their backs 
So at the height of the boom in 1849, prospectors could end up paying $25 in today's money for a single egg. <laughs> Coffee was... <laughs> Sorry. Is that how it's na- labeled? egg, no. Coffee was over $100 in today's money per pound. And if you needed new boots, it was $2,500 in today's money. So shit was expensive. But... Oh, my gosh. As the boom continued, more and more people who started out as miners actually got out of the gold mining business, and they began to open up businesses instead to create, you know, the city and the town around this. Some of America's greatest inventors got their start at the gold rush. Really? Mm Mm-hmm. Before John Studebaker built one of America's great automobile fortunes, he manufactured wheelbarrows for gold rush miners. And I actually looked him up. He didn't invent any like automobile company that we would know today but he's actually pennsylvania dutch he's from pa oh. uh we're from pa and yeah he was probably one of the first automobile manufacturers and before he did that he uh made wheelbarrows two entrepreneurial bankers named henry wells and william fargo yep boom, moved boom, west boom. and they opened up an office in San Fran. Wow. Probably the biggest mercantile, copied and pasted word, you know, <laughs> success story <laughs> was that of Levi Strauss. Strauss was a German-born tailor and arrived in San Francisco in 1850. He initially planned to open a store selling canvas tarps and wagon coverings to the miners. After hearing that the sturdy work pants were more in demand, he shifted gears a bit and opened up a store in downtown San Francisco that would eventually become a manufacturing empire for Levi's denim jeans. That's so crazy. Right? You forget that, like, these huge companies now, like, had these, like, really humble beginnings. For sure. Yeah. That's crazy. I know. Wow. History is so cool. Kelsey, I bet you're wondering. I bet you're wondering. How did that gold get there in the first place? Yes, I want to go science. All I right. want to go science. I want to go history. Shift. Now I want to go. Put that car in reverse. Back up. Now pull in the science lot. Yeah. The science Dude, building. I think we should have high school like now. Like now I think would oh, be yeah. a cooler time to go to high school than oh, actual high sure. school time. For sure. They should just put us through like, I don't know. You like, want to get. Gym. Yeah. Just gym. For, <laughs> just keep running out your feelings oh, until you get. <laughs> Till you get to college. <laughs> so how did gold get here? 400 million years ago, California was actually at the bottom of a large sea. Ooh. <laughs> just the state of California. That's what just, I like pictures. <laughs> yeah. <down. laughs> Underwater volcanoes spewed out lava and minerals, including gold, onto the seafloor. The tectonic plates took these minerals and <laughs> the rocks. The tectonic plates. Tectonic. <laughs> To the surface of the Sierra Nevada and then eroded. The water carried the exposed gold downstream and deposited it in quiet gravel beds along the sides of rivers and streams. Wow, gold comes from the center of the earth. That's so cool. The techniques that the 49ers adapted for mining gold varied. Because the gold in the gravel beds, which is where our our friend at the beginning first found the gold, it was super abundant. Miners were able to grab the flakes and the nuggets with their hands or eggs. Yep. (laughs) Or pan for gold in the rivers. Like I was saying, yeah, is what I knew. Panning was a somewhat small scale thing. It's not easy to like process a lot of stuff at once. 
So some miners would move up to something called pacer mining, which used cradles, rockers, and long toms to shake up and process larger volumes of gravel. And I, these are those things that you may see that's like a wooden, it's almost like there's a flat part and then there's a thing that goes down like a slide. Have you ever seen those? I am so lost with what you're talking about. What? <laughs> I'm what? describing it horrible. The the Are pacer you- mining is like a bigger wooden structure that has like a flat area where the stuff can settle. But then there's also a thing that you pour all of the gravel sediment and silt top. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, sediment into and it goes down and then it settles like that. I am, well, I'll show you a picture I am later. so lost. I'll yeah. show you a picture later. Another complex mining practice was to divert water from an entire river into a sluice or sluice a sliding gate or other device for controlling the flow of water especially one in a lock gate the water gushed through the sluices oh my gosh i don't like that i don't like that last (laughs) sentence please never use it in a sentence it would divert the river into a sluice which was next to the river, and then the miners would actually go into the exposed riverbed and dig up the bottom of the river that Mm -hmm. way. So it is estimated that 12 million ounces or 370 tons of gold were removed in the first five years of the gold rush by these methods that I just mentioned. Wow. But in 1853, hydraulic mining was used on these ancient gold-laden gravel beds on hillsides and mountains. So somehow these 1853 people fashioned up a high-pressure hose. Basically, I'm thinking power washer. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which would blow a powerful stream of water at the gravel beds. Mm -hmm. The loosened gravel and gold would pass over sluices and the gold would then settle to the bottom where it was collected. So it's basically like a giant power washer that would break up the gravel and then it would pass through a thing and then it would. Okay. Yeah. Anyways. So it's estimated that 11 million ounces or 340 tons of gold that's worth approximately $15 billion in today's money. Holy cannoli. <laughs> had been recovered by this <gasps> hydraulic mining. Unfortunately, oh, no. a byproduct of these this hydraulic method is that a large amount of gravel, silt, heavy metals, meow, 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 and other pollutants <laughs> and other pollutants went into streams and rivers. And as of 1999, many areas that were mined in this way still have signs of it because the exposed earth and gravel didn't support plant life. So they'd just be like giant sides of mountains and shit with like that were all blown up. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. Wow. You're really getting deep into how we messed up our <laughs> land. California's name became forever connected with the gold rush. And due to these successes, the term California dream kind of came out of that. Like the money, the riches, you know. Ooh. California was known as a place of new beginnings where wealth and gold would reward hard work and a bit of luck. Because see- there's also leprechauns. In the- <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> a bit of luck. Heel clicks away. <laughs> that's that's who's putting all the gold in the streams, not the tectonic plates or exactly. whatever. Right? Yeah. Not so, the underground volcanoes. No. Seemingly overnight, California was given the reputation as the Golden State, which in turn was the nickname that the state was given. <laughs> They were given the nickname of the state. See, I told you. I wrote this. I told you I wrote this badly. 
So, so that's where it got. So that's where they got its nickname. Right. That's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So to wrap this up, remember our boy John Sutter, Captain John Sutter, the man who started it all. Within months about hearing the gold, most of his workers, as he feared, had abandoned him to search for the gold themselves. Wow. Additionally, thousands of other prospectors overran and destroyed much of his land and equipment. He was forced to give his land to one of his sons, who used it to create a new settlement called Sacramento. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a sack of Ramento. <laughs> <laughs> well, John Sutter was furious. He hoped the town would be named after him. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but he had more things to worry about other than that. He was nearly bankrupt. He began a decade-long campaign to have the U.S. government reimburse him for his financial losses, but it didn't work. While thousands became rich off of his former land, a bitter Sutter retired to Pennsylvania and died. The end. <laughs> okay, Gold. No, I'm just <laughs> Gold mines. Gold rush. Brought to you by the letter G. Oh my gosh. Wait, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's Gold Rush. Wow. A lot of shit that I did not know or remember from school. I was so. going to say, I don't remember anything. Yeah. That just somehow went out of my brain. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And my boyfriend is from California, and he told me that they had a history of California class, and he specifically remembers learning about the Gold Rush. And he told me the hydraulic mining thing. He's like, they literally blew away mountains with a power, like with a hose to get the gold. And it's like, it's pretty insane. Yeah. Yo, we need to chill. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, started the San Francisco LGBTQ culture that is, Which is amazing. still there today. Yeah. Dude, that's so fucking cool. I know. Right? I just learned about the origins of a million things that I didn't know were connected. Yeah. Pants, jeans. Got banks. <laughs> no, but like... It, it, <laughs> It all kind of yeah. happened at once. It's just like, wow, your mind's blown with how much shit is going I on think, at one time. I also think during that time, like pioneers, that's the time of the pioneer, the American pioneer, yep. right? So it's like people heard, holy shit, there's gold. I can be rich. That's the American dream. Let me go there. You know what I yeah. mean? So in yeah. addition to people that are already venturing out west, you know what I mean? It all wow. happened. It all happened. And that's California for you. California. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. If you guys have any ideas for eps, you can email us at bytheletterpod at gmail.com. And thank you for a couple people who have sent in some suggestions. I super appreciate those. And we'll definitely take a look into them. Yes. I'm excited. Yeah. And you can also follow us on our social media. At bytheletterpod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Give us a follow. Yeah. It's I love doing this. I love yeah. learning. It makes me happy. I know. it's, And I think what you were saying, just to round it out, I think it is very important that learning about stuff should be about the impact of it, not just learning to memorize facts and to get a good grade on a test. Yes. Right? Like, and yes. I mean, there's no tests here. We're not going to give you guys a pop quiz, but I think that that's pretty cool. We can go forward with our lessons aka episodes with yeah. that in mind right yeah i mean Sweet. right it is yeah you summed it up perfectly thank I you think. um yeah it's about it's about the impact yeah so i'm i mean it's almost like an emotional journey we're on <laughs> i love it Ugh, let's man. go on this journey together let's learn guys all right Lock well em, load them learn them <laughs> i feel like you do a different one every time all right talk to you later bye
Bye. 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 Bye.